1: Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today, and I'm hoping that your Sunday is going well and that you are getting ready for a really good week. So I am so appreciative of all of you that are listening and listen on a constant basis and for all of your feedback. And I have to tell you, I have great, great assistants that help me with so much of all of this. And so I, I really want you to take advantage of the things that they are putting out there on Instagram, all the social media that they do. Oh, and t- I have to tell you, today I did my first live Instagram so you know, video. So it went really well. We talked about anger, and I'm really excited to hear all how people were affected by it, and it seems very positive. So I want you to take advantage of what we're putting out there for you. These are kind of tough, tough times, and... Nothing that we all had even anticipated. And so I want us to look again at this whole issue of feelings because we get so driven by them that we almost can idolize them and think they're more important than so many other things. And so I came across a really poignant statement, and it was in a book called Understanding People. And it says, Life in a fallen world means... That pain is inevitable. So, you know, our country was founded by very brave people that they took huge risks, excuse me, and did what the rest of the world, you know, thought might be impossible. And they were very heroic. Now, of course, we had our problems, but I fear we've lost some of that. It seems that Americans are more interested in avoiding pain at any cost. And we really do not like unpleasant feelings. I'm one of them. But I have found that in order really to be the best version of me, the way that God truly created me to be, I must be fully human. And one of the most basic things about human humans is that they feel. We feel things. So one of the things I find that is very prevalent in my practice is that not only do We want to have pleasant feelings all the time. We now feel entitled to having good feelings. And we even have become afraid of our own emotions and the emotions of others. You know, we used to assume that adults would control themselves. And children are learning to control themselves when they watch adults control themselves. But now we're so afraid to feel anything other than good And somehow, we've also become responsible for other people's feelings of contentment and security and well-being and esteem. That if we do not have emotions, we can't experience our life in our world. So we need to be able to experience those emotions in a healthy manner. So at the same time, we really can't just go around having good feelings all the time. That would be heaven. And that's not here. In fact, the more we try to control what feelings we want to feel, the more negative feelings we're going to have. So we need to not be afraid or angry at our own feelings. We can't control what we feel. They just occur. See, if I could choose my feelings, I'd be happy all the time, right? You've heard me say that so many times. So I have to accept the feelings that occur and determine how I'm going to manage them what I'm going to do with them, what they're telling me. So our feelings are also a part of our survival system, and they help us know when we need to protect ourselves. If we didn't experience fear, we would be dead. We wouldn't know what was dangerous. If we didn't feel hurt, we might not stop doing dangerous or unhealthy behaviors. So in my practice, I've also have found people in such denial about their own pain within a relationship that they don't end up knowing how compromised they are, and they stay in very unhealthy and dangerous relationships. See, it's similar to the dashboard on my car. If I turn it off because I don't like what it's telling me, I might at the very least run out of gas. At a more serious level, the oil is gone and my engine seizes. So if I turn off all those indicators because I don't like them, I don't want to feel any of them, It becomes very dangerous for my own existence. So we have to remind ourselves that feelings are neither good or bad. What they are is the good or bad has to do with what we do with the feeling. The feelings in and of themselves just occur. And so we look at a feeling as negative or positive or pleasant or unpleasant versus right or wrong. The feeling is neither right or wrong, it just is. The behaviors I allow and participate in and justify may be very wrong. So it's imperative for us to understand that when we are judging our feelings, that it's cursing ourselves. We are judging a part of how God created us. And we're talking about behaviors that, that, the whole, that require a whole different situation. No one is able to choose their initial feelings. Because really, if we could be happy, we'd be happy all the time. But we can choose. We do have a choice as to how to handle them. How to deal with them. How big I allow them to be. What I think about them. And if I believe them or not. Do I always believe every feeling I have? So think of little children. How do they feel when you are in the grocery store, the theater, an airplane, and a child is having a meltdown? How do you feel when that happens? We're typically very compassionate because that child is still learning themselves. The most painful way to live, though, is to be a child in an adult body with adult expectations, responsibilities, and hardships. I believe it is kind of child abuse to expect a child to act like an adult I also feel it's self-abuse to not grow up. So let me say that again. I believe it's child abuse to expect a child to act as an adult. And I believe it is self-abuse to not grow up. Because, you see, our feelings can result in sin. But what we're talking about right now is the initial feeling. That one is not something I choose. And I tell people all the time, you know, you think if if I could choose my feelings, I'd choose to be happy all the time. So my feelings just occur, and they're a part of my own uniqueness. They're a part of my own life experience, the way I perceive the world. There's a lot of reasons why an initial feeling might occur. But that feeling is simply an indicator. It's not necessarily something to be judged as right or wrong. So it's, the kind, it's kind of like saying to the, that the car is bad because it ran out of gas. Well, the behavior of not putting gas in the car is what is wrong. That is a problem that you created. So it's not to be judged initially. It's to be seen as an indicator. What is that feeling telling me? And am I going to believe in that feeling? Am I going to move forward with that feeling? Or am I going to override that feeling? So as we think more about this, and we understand that I do not choose the way I feel. I do choose my thoughts, oftentimes. And I do choose my actions, So this is very important when we're thinking about what it means to truly be a healthy person. And we've talked a lot about anger. And I want to read you this poem that I really, really enjoyed that I came across, oh, probably 20 years ago. And the author of this poem is Jessica Shaver from Long Beach, California. So it isn't like a famous writer. It's just a person like one of us. And she wrote this poem, and it says, I told God I was angry. So let me read it to you. I told God I was angry. I thought he'd be surprised. I thought I'd kept hostility quite cleverly disguised. I told the Lord I hate him. I told him that I hurt. I told him that he isn't fair. He's treated me like dirt. I told God I was angry, but I'm the one surprised. What I've known all along, he said, you finally realized. At last you have admitted what's really in your heart. Dishonesty, not anger, was keeping us apart. Even when you hate me, I don't stop loving you. Before you can receive that love, you must confess what is true in telling me the anger you genuinely feel it loses power over you permitting you to heal i told god i was sorry and he's forgiven me the truth that i was angry has finally set me free so i love that poem because it is an honest it is an honest confession of anger and how she tried to manage her anger She tried lying about it, stuffing it, ignoring it, just trying not to address it. She tried blaming God for it. But what she came to find is that God was very comfortable, very okay with the fact that she was angry at him. And he had already known it, had already made a plan, and was going to help her with it. So anger is not the villain. It's what we do with it. It's whether or not we judge our own anger, whether we try to hide it, pretend like it's not there, hope that it just goes away. Instead of recognizing this is an important indicator, what is anger telling me and is it true? If I just believe my anger, I'm going to find out that a lot of it wasn't true and I'm going to have to apologize for it or fix things. So, thank you for joining me in this first segment. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about feelings and emotions are always in motion. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me today, and we are talking about emotions. And that emotions are always in motion. What that means is they're energy. And sometimes they're really pleasant and sometimes they are not pleasant at all. So we really want to address this and I want to drive home this point that feelings are neither good or bad. So instead of looking at a feeling as positive or negative or pleasant or unpleasant, I want you not to think of it as actually right or wrong. I just want you to think about, is it a negative feeling or a positive feeling? Is it a pleasant feeling or an unpleasant feeling? What is it telling me? And so it's important for us to really understand that when we're judging our feelings, that it's actually cursing ourselves, and it's judging a part of God's creation. Now, we're not talking about behaviors. That's a whole different situation. What we do as a result of the feeling That may be something that we have to address. But our feelings, (coughs) excuse me, can certainly result in sin. But what we're talking about right now is the initial feeling, that one that I did not choose to feel. And I tell people all the time, you know, if I could choose my feelings, I'd be happy all the time. But my feelings just occur. And they're part of my own uniqueness, and they are part of my life experience, and they are the way that I perceive the world. There's a lot of reasons why an initial feeling might occur, but that feeling is simply an indicator. It's not something to be judged right off the bat as right or wrong. It's like saying that the car is a bad car because it ran out of gas. Well, the behavior of not putting gas in the car might be wrong. And this is why we want to think about the whole idea of this neural information is not ever to be judged it's to be simply uh, uh, looked at, examined, and, and determined whether or not it's a true, it's bringing truth to me, or it's just emanating a lot of energy that is causing me to have to feel like I have to do something about it, instead of maybe sitting with my feeling and seeing what it tells me. So this part is really important when we are looking at this whole idea of the way that we are made. So I need to work on patience instead of allowing myself to have these feelings that that I need to immediately get rid of or stuff or explode on or chastise myself for. Whatever that may be, it's a part of me. And if it's a, a part of me, then I need to recognize that it's still a value? And I need to determine what I'm going to do with it. So this is imperative as we go forward with what really are feelings? What are feelings? Well, I'll give you maybe some scientific information here. So feelings, they're a basic unit basic unit of the human experience, and they are unavoidable. Period. So feelings are a basic unit of the human experience, and they are unavoidable. The four basic feeling realms are sad, mad, glad, and scared. Confusion typically is a combination of all of those feelings. So when you think about the feeling of sad, there are many degrees of sadness. There are many things that might produce sadness. And so sadness can be depression. Sadness can, can simply be def, being deflated. Sadness can go along with being hurt. So when you think about these four basic feeling groups, it helps when you're trying to determine how you feel. If you just say to yourself, you know, am I sad right now? Am I mad? Am I glad? Am I scared? And if I still don't know, maybe... I'm feeling a couple of different ones all together, and I'm feeling confused. Or maybe my feeling doesn't make sense to me. Maybe I'm feeling happy about somebody that has, uh, has had a loss or has made a big mistake. Hmm, that's interesting. Why would I, be, why would I not be feeling compassion? Well, let's think about a work, a work environment. Somebody steals an idea from you, hurts your feelings very much, is very disturbing, that they stole the idea and they're taking credit for it. So you may be really mad about what they did. And then you come to find that your boss already knew that. And now you're glad that he knows. What happens if you're the one that stole the idea? Now maybe you're scared. So these are the things that I want you to be thinking about. Where is this feeling emanating from? What would have triggered this feeling? Because the more that you understand you the more control you're going to have over yourself and the better your decision-making is going to be versus having all of your decisions and all, the, all of the ways that you respond or react based solely on an emotional feeling. So this next thing I want you to really think about is all feelings are okay. They are neither good or bad. They just are. And this is imperative to not let the enemy of your soul condemn you for what you feel. You need to ask yourself, what is that feeling telling me? Where is it coming from? Why would that feeling have occurred? Why would I be happy that this person has had some kind of, you know, event in their life happen that is, is a negative event for them, and I'm somehow happy about it? Hmm, maybe it goes a little deeper. Maybe they've hurt my feelings before. Maybe they've disrespected me. Maybe I'm feeling like they, they're they getting their due. So I have to say to myself, those feelings are legitimate, but are they healthy? Do I want to go forward with that feeling? Or do I want to recognize that, yes, as a, just a regular, normal, average person, if somebody that has harmed me ends up prospering, it is a natural way to feel, to feel resentful or jealous or whatever. But you have to say to yourself, so that's a natural way for me to feel. But what is a higher, more highly evolved person? What is that person going to do with those feelings? Are they just going to give in to those base feelings? Feel that they deserve to feel that way? Or am I going to maybe say to myself, you know, that would be a natural way to feel, but is that how I really want to be? Is that the person I want to be? Or do I want to rise above? And say, wow, how unfortunate that they made a really bad choice and they're having to pay consequences for it. I hope that they learn so they don't repeat their folly. That's a healthier way to look at it. I'm not judging myself as if I'm a bad person for having a feeling that, wow, justice might have occurred. But I don't want to let that cause me to be in a one-up position to that person to be you know have this attitude of of wow now they finally got their due i want to be careful about what that does with my own heart and so while we're working on this we want to remind ourselves that feelings will continue to recycle until we allow ourselves to feel them deeply see i would love to say there's a shortcut to dealing with feelings but if i have a negative feeling hurt Disappointed, angry, feeling forgotten, overlooked, um, disrespected, whatever that hurt, whatever that, that negative feeling is, if I don't work with it, if I don't deal with it, if I don't find out the root cause of it and what's going on, it will continue to recycle. The longer it recycles, the bigger it gets, and the more unhealthy it becomes. So, join me again in this next segment as we continue to talk about what are feelings. I hear the whispers in my voice. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And make sure you check out all the social media that we have for you. In fact, I just did my first live Instagram. And I did a lot of it on anger and what we do with anger and how we manage anger. So I just want to give you an awareness of that, that I think you will really enjoy what that that show is about. And so we are still talking today about feelings and emotions that are always in motion, right? And what really are feelings? So we left off on this one that says, feelings that have not been accepted and felt will recycle in the form of unproductive thoughts and behaviors. So this is the person that wants to stuff their feelings, wants to be in denial about them, and then they end up coming out sideways. So if you've ever interacted with someone that has passive-aggressive tendencies, like they'll say a positive thing to you and then they always end it with this jab, right? Right? Or they'll expose something about you, make fun of you, and then then just say to you, oh, I'm just teasing. You know how much I love you, right? And so what we find is that people that have these unresolved feelings, they end up coming out sideways. And they're very unproductive, and and they can be quite hurtful. So you want to think about, hey, do I have a feeling that I just keep stuffing because I don't want to deal with it. I don't know what to deal, do about it. I'm feeling embarrassed that I even have it. Or I just don't want to put the effort into it and I want to pretend and hope it goes away. I get that. But what I do know is that the direct, direct expression of a basic feeling can result in clear, meaningful communication. If I just simply speak the truth... I don't have any passive aggressive, you know, things on the the beginning of the statement or the end of the statement. I simply just say the truth. I say, you know, here's the truth. I really got my feelings hurt when you said that. I don't know if maybe I shouldn't have. I don't know exactly why it hurt me so deeply, but I just have to let you know it really did. And what that does is that helps me to get to know better the person that I'm saying it to. Because if they say to me, well, that's stupid. I don't know what your problem is. Then that helps me to go, okay, this may not be a safe person. So I may not want to pursue resolution anymore. But if the person says to me, I'm so glad you told me that. I would never want to hurt you in that way. I feel terrible. Man, I think I just was sloppy. I should not have said it. Well, then both people are stronger. Both people have are more ethical and the relationship not only is healed but it's strengthened so think about that the direct expression of the basic feeling can result in clear and meaningful communication and that means that you're speaking about you and you're saying I don't know what your intentions were I'm not going to assume them I'm not going to build my own story about why you said what you said. I'm simply going to tell you that, man, that hurt my feelings. Wow, that really felt disrespectful. I didn't understand it. I don't understand why you said that to me. And that way, there's some containment of the, um, of the emotionality that may come with that. So when we directly state feelings and directly state what we want, it can really solve a lot of problems. And sometimes it's important for, for those of us that might not want to really put ourselves out there. It's important for us to own it. So when I directly state a feeling and a want, if I say, hey, you know, I'm feeling kind of disrespected by you, and I'm wanting to know if you and I are having a problem. I want to know. You're important to me. Getting along with you is important to me. That is much different than skirting around the issue and hoping they get it, and then ending up walking away being even more hurt. So there's this famous saying, right? The way out is through. I wish there was maybe a different way, but the way out of bad feelings, the way out of bad interactions with people is to go through it, to really experience it, understand it, heal it, fix it, reorganize it, Get over it, whatever it is. But the way out of whatever that pain, angst, anxiety is, is to go through it. And we need to be brave enough to go through it. Because another quality about feelings is what we resist often runs us. And you cannot outrun your feelings. Everywhere you go, there you are, right? I wish I could outrun my feelings. My feelings are always with me until I resolve them, until they are healed, until they are expressed. And that doesn't have to be a big, huge ordeal. It just means that I'm going to honor my own feelings. And I'm going to acknowledge them. Whether or not I need to acknowledge them to another person, I have to decide. But I can't deny them to myself. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in this last segment as we talk more about feeling management, what our feelings and emotions are always in motion. I hear the whispers in my well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking about feelings, emotions in motion. Emotions are always in motion. And so one of the things that is really difficult about feelings is they can be so very powerful, so very intense, and so very nebulous. And so we've been talking about what are feelings. And the last thing we talked about is what, resist, what we resist runs us. You cannot outrun your feelings. Everywhere you go, there you are they're yours. And I would recommend that you make friends with all your feelings. Even if you don't like them, they're there to help you. They're telling you something. They're trying to give you insight about you and how to have a better life. They're indicators like the lights on the dashboard of your car. They're not your enemy. But the longer that you ignore them, if you disdain them, disparage them hate your own feelings you've now added more emotional work so a lot of it is simply acceptance doesn't mean i like them there are some feelings i do not like having but i need to accept them they're there for a reason and they're trying to tell me something and so what we resist runs us you can't outrun your feelings they go with you everywhere you go and if they're not attended to they usually get bigger So this is what I want you to think about. Feelings are physical energy. That's why you feel them. They're not just thoughts. Now, oftentimes thoughts create feelings, and many times feelings create thoughts. But feelings kind of have a life of their own. They're a physical energy, and they have to be worked through. They can't just be overlooked and ignored or pretend like they're not there. I wish that worked. I probably wouldn't have a job if that were the case. So they're a physical reaction to a thought or an event or an interaction with someone. And so that feeling, that physical energy needs to be addressed. You can't just stuff it or it goes to places that make you sicker. And you know the idea of people that stuff their feelings, they have ulcers They end up getting, uh, oftentimes, falling into addictions. Um, Their body begins to really take its toll, and and it ends up maybe having heart problems or blood sugar issues or whatever that may be. The physical sensation, these are made up of lots of chemicals in your body, and if they're not worked through, through prayer, exercise, breathing is very helpful talking it out with someone, journaling about it, you will always find that they follow you. So I want you to really honor your feelings. Not believe all of them, but really honor them. So let me give you another kind of poem that I really like when it comes to feelings. And this is Paradoxes of the Child of God. Strong enough to be weak... Successful enough to fail. Busy enough to take time. Wise enough to say, I don't know. Serious enough to laugh. Rich enough to be poor. Right enough to say, I'm wrong. Compassionate enough to discipline. Conservative enough to give freely. Mature enough to be childlike Righteous enough to be a sinner Important enough to be last Courageous enough to fear God Planned enough to be spontaneous Controlled enough to be flexible Free enough to endure captivity Knowledgeable enough to ask questions Loving enough to be angry, great enough to be anonymous, responsible enough to play, assured enough to be rejected, stable enough to cry, victorious enough to lose, industrious enough to relax, leading enough to serve. I love those paradoxes. Strong enough to be weak. Successful enough to fail. Wise enough to say, I don't know. Rich enough to be poor. Right enough to say, I'm wrong. Compassionate enough to discipline. Mature enough to be childlike. Righteous enough to be a sinner. Courageous enough to fear God. Controlled enough to be flexible. I love this this idea of a paradox. Paradox. Because feelings are very paradoxical, aren't they? <laughs> I, I end up feeling one way when I thought I'd feel another way. Or I was hoping to feel one way and I end up feeling differently. Or I thought I was so sure in how I felt and then I find out I'm, I'm not so sure about that feeling anymore. Or I thought I was leading with really healthy thinking and logic and I find out I was only following my feelings. <laughs> right? So it's important... To, to understand your own internal world and your own makeup and to know how you are made intricately, beautifully, wonderfully, very complex and to know your own makeup that makes you one of the safest people on the planet. If I know me then I'm very clear about my intentions and I don't lie to myself. That makes me a very safe Person. It makes me a very stable person and it makes me a very honest person. So I want you to think about this idea of what really triggers some of these emotions. And what we find is that there's usually an event or situation. And it could be watching a TV show, it could be a commercial, it could be somebody uh, cut in front of you in traffic. It could be that you woke up and you don't like how you feel or you don't like how you look or you're afraid. could be that you go to work and somebody was really disrespectful to you. So whatever the event or the situation, that's that's the trigger. And so what happens is that trigger filters through the event, the situation, and then is affected by your life experiences. Your personality, or your emotional maturity, your expectations, or your perceptions. So that filter, that filter of your life experiences has an effect on whatever just happened. See, it goes through the filter, and then, and then within that filter is your personality. How do I respond to, to good or bad situations? What is my personality like? How do I interpret it? And then the filter also has emotional maturity. So how mature am I to be able to handle a paradox? Or handle someone that did something really wrong and won't take responsibility for it? Or accusing me of something? How mature am I to handle that? And what are my expectations? See, expectations are such a big thing for us humans especially in this time. We are having to reevaluate so many of our expectations. We had an expectation that people would act a certain way, that government would act a certain way, that store owners would act a certain way, that humans would, would do the right thing, that would act a certain way. And we're getting all kinds of upset, and everything is being turned upside down. And so we're having to evaluate our expectations, things that we just thought were just normal to expect. And then it lands in our perception. So, how do I perceive that my expectation is not being met? How do I perceive the fact that it might be revealing some emotional immaturity in me when I thought I was a really mature person? What if I thought I had a really strong personality and that event or situation? is revealing to me that I may not be as stable as I thought I was. Or maybe it's triggering a life experience that I thought I resolved. So what happens is we have a choice as to how to filter that through. And so the things that affects that is if I have ungodly beliefs, I'm going to look at that event or situation very differently. If I have ungodly thoughts... It's going to really affect how I perceive and experience that situation. If I have, wow, what is it telling Do I have pleasant or unpleasant feelings about this? Am I I able to be constructive or am I going to a destructive action? What am I doing with this event or situation? So how is the way that I think and the way that I feel... Affecting whether I'm choosing to have godly beliefs, godly thoughts, dealing well with an unpleasant feeling, deciding to be constructive in my actions versus destructive. And this is a really painful thing for all of us because we are being exposed to things we really thought we had overcome or we really thought that we were in the, the, um, the, the whole entire country maybe thought the same way that we did and we're finding out that they don't. So what that leads us to is having to be an emotionally healthy person. So what does an emotionally healthy person look like? Well, an emotionally healthy person is one who does not, for some conscious reason, hurt themselves or others, purposefully. Does not purposefully hurt themselves or others through anything, whether it be actions or words. And he helps himself and others through his actions and words. So an emotionally healthy person wants to have a positive impact on whoever it is that they're talking to or interacting with, whether it just be the person that's bagging your groceries or your closest. The emotionally healthy person also is one that knows they have a freedom of choice that nobody really can make them do anything. And therefore, they're responsible for their decisions and their actions. They also have a high degree of inner security. They're not trying to get all their good feelings from outside of themselves by people, places, and things. They're also able to give of themselves fully in deep and lasting emotional relationships. They're flexible They're willing and they're able to learn from experience without blaming or shaming themselves or others. An emotionally healthy person takes an interest in constructive and challenging aspects of life. They are always wanting to grow and to be better. And they unconditionally accept themselves as well as their fellow human beings. And so this is imperative that we understand that uh, an emotionally healthy person unconditionally accepts himself or herself as well as his or her fellow human beings and identifies with all mankind, all mankind. And this very emotionally healthy person is one who's committed to a principle higher than themselves, such as a faith in God, that they're not their own God. And they're not the God of of their neighborhood or their family or their world or their business. That they really recognize that there's something bigger than who they are. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you. I want you to really be that emotionally healthy person. And to be all that God has created you to be. And to affect the world in only the way that you can. So God bless you this week. I look forward to talking to you next week. And have a great day.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.